0: And now, Rate That Album, Season 3, with Paul Muadib and Joe Fremming, two guys who know stuff. Hi,
1: and welcome back to Rate That Album, back and forth album review between myself, Joseph Fremming, and my good friend, Paul Muadib. Paul, how are you doing?
0: Scumbag 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 you're a scumbag <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah so this week <laughs> um i decided to go uh, to one of, the, one of the worst uh Beatles solo albums and frankly after i finally heard it one of the worst albums I've ever heard in my life, and that is John Lennon and Yoko Ono's "Sometime in New York City," <laughs> where John Lennon uh, put an album out of half-baked political slogans that had uh, that just first just felt completely vapid.
0: Paul, <clears throat> what are your first thoughts on this album? <laughs> so. I'm gonna say something here, um, and I think we're gonna. You and I might have some disagreements on this uh, overall, um, but this is why this album right here is honestly why the left always fucking loses. Like you wanna, you want a piece about why the left can never fucking win? This is it. Because I agree. With almost every single song on this album, what they're saying, this is a very political album, but the packaging and the way they do it is such a turnoff that it wouldn't have. It didn't do anything to move any fucking causes except piss people off minus maybe one song that actually did create a change. But outside of that, Joe, like this is how not to do a a political album. (laughs)
1: Oh, God, yes. Yeah, yeah, uh, I agree with you on that. Uh, I wouldn't even, I would say I agree with the basic premise of a lot of these songs. Uh, The songs themselves are so empty-gestured and uh, pompous at the same time. Uh, So, which is, I mean, you gotta, so this album comes about after Lennon and, oh no, moved to New York City where they befriend mm. people on the left, most notably mm. uh the heads, I do know they never liked to call themselves that, but they were the heads of the Youth International Party, the Yippies, uh, Jerry Rubin and Abby Hoffman. Mm. Uh they were those two were excited to get a celebrity of Lenin's magnitude on their side. And so they would uh pal around with him and then uh you know that would get them their name's out there. And then on the Dick Cavett show, Lennon would be talking about the politics. Uh, They're espousing. And Lennon wasn't an idiot, but I don't think he... He had only been in the United States at this... When By the time this album comes out, it's only been two years. So he really... its a, I, ha, I find it hard to believe he could understand and grasp where the political left was at that time. Uh, especially with, like a lot of these songs, like I don't think he fully comprehended what these guys had gone through and where the, the, the political left was, because at this time the political left was on—they were exhausted.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: The, the political left uh, really had the, the the wind knocked out of their sails after the Democratic convention in '68 in Chicago. Uh, where basically the chicago pd beat the shit out of all the pro <laughs> of all the like peaceful protesters yes uh, an event that was so traumatizing hunter s thompson's ex-wife said that was one of the few times she saw him cry was when he came back from chicago from the 68 convention
0: yeah um let's um yeah, let's dive into that a little bit because um, you and I have both read Fear and Loathing on the Campaign Trail. Yep. Which um, really goes in to like, you know, I mean, if you watched um, Fear and Loathing, Las Vegas or even read the book as well. Like that is a pinpoint of really where a lot of people thought the left was going to create this big thing. And I think that's when, at least in that generation, um, they realized that, there's too many corporate and um, uh, centrist uh, Democrats that really didn't want the change that a lot of the other people were pushing. And maybe, maybe you'll just, I mean, I think you'd agree. No, with that's that. a,
1: It was yeah, the convention 68 convention is when Hubert Humphrey yep. gets the nomination who eventually loses to Nixon. But by that time it, People were pretty exhausted with the political stuff. Mm -hmm. Uh, Chicago knocked the wind out of it. The trial of the Chicago 8, which was Hoffman and Rubin and other defendants, Black Panther. I mean, it was just like people were just in the assassinations. People were pretty much just burnt the fuck out, which is understandable. Like, I am at that point again with politics. (laughs) Yep, which is burning me out. So Lennon comes along, and there, you know, this is Reuben and Hoffman. You know, again, they're kind of a few years after this. Uh, Reuben will get more into the self help scene. Abby Hoffman goes underground uh, while he's facing a prison sentence for a cocaine deal. But this was album comes out at the wrong time. Yep, <laughs> yep wrong time. Long People were exhausted. If it would came out in seventy four it might have held a little better if Lennon understood the politics, especially with uh, Watergate when people were getting reinvigorated into like, oh shit, there is a lot of corruption with these guys. Mm-hmm. It was like it was both too early and too late, and the vapidness of this album does not help.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, no it really so
1: he comes get after thing he comes along, he's this millionaire. British rock star espousing these slogans like power to the people and give peace a chance and he's doing these bed ends like Lennon comes along and in my opinion my opinion's changed on Lennon over the years I used to think that stuff was cool now I just find it
0: obnoxious it was at the time <clears throat> so yeah I, I mean you gotta look at it for what it was I mean here's the thing that I think when you're younger, like you and I, right? And I think in our time frame, we also didn't have the internet, right? We didn't get to see or learn about like what was going on per se, as people did in the time. So when you and I, and I think a lot of our friends were into the Beatles were in all these things, we looked at, Oh my gosh, this is what Lennon did this. And you know John Lennon did that. And Lennon pushed this and we think it's so fucking cool. But What the difference between us and maybe our parents were or people that were a little bit older than us was they also remember all the bullshit that that Lennon pulled. And that we are. So then as we start looking into this, as we start getting older and now we have all this access to all this history, we go, oh, shit, Lennon wasn't the amazing, awesome person that we thought he was. He wasn't the revolutionary that I think his own legend
1: and i think ono pushes this with like the documentaries that come out Mm -hmm. like he was like this guy who came in and he really wasn't like a lot of people i think resented him yes swell and and being like this when he really had no idea what i think he had an idea what he was talking about i don't but i don't think he he understood it fully like you know like if you've only been in a country for two years you're not going to understand the political dynamics like I would not be able to go into Canada and yes. the politics in the two year if they're going through a tumultuous time. Mm-hmm. That's just uh, it's a fool's errand, and he kind of does that. You know, people are mad he's co opting, and so he kind of s- screws himself over on that front. And but then he also screws himself on another front in that. This he does this political stuff and it gets under the under the craw of J. Edgar Hoover and Richard Nixon. Yes. So basically, with this album and these politics, Lennon
0: screwed himself on both ends. Yeah, I think people will forget that John Lennon was watch by the FBI. Yeah, they, and was considered they, a public enemy by Richard yeah. Nixon.
1: Yep. Uh he didn't, uh as soon as he started they saw him as a threat to mo- mo- mobilize the youth vote, mm-hmm. and they just—they that's when his deportation proceedings happened because yep. he was uh, busted in the UK for hash. So, so technically he shouldn't have been over here under certain laws at the time. I don't know if the laws still exist for people, but under that time, if you're been arrested for drug. Drug possession or drug use or whatever, you are not allowed or admittance into the United States. Which I mean, yep. it's funny that they would do that, but they would let Keith Richards in the tour. Like you know, it was a double standard that that they were allowing some people in and then targeting. Oh yeah, them. but well, uh, and again- Lennon was pissing off the wrong people, and he was pissing off uh, a lot of people in the movement, I'd imagine. <laughs>
0: Well, yeah, and you got to understand too. I think people don't understand like they just think Watergate, and that's it with Nixon. They don't understand just how awful it really was. Oh God, Kent State. Yeah, sends the National Guard in to take care of protesters in Kent State, where they shoot and kill protest. Like it was, it fucking was terrible. It, fucking terrible. And I think people also uh, don't understand just what. How, I mean, much like, I'll say it, much like we're learning with the Trump administration where he really weaponized um, the Justice Department, um, Nixon, I mean, that, that's a cue right out of Nixon's page book. Uh, Nixon was anyone he considered a potential threat politically was utilizing his authority uh, incorrectly to open up investigations and discredit and... Um, in in ways that are beyond that we haven't again seen in this level since recent yep mm-hmm. yep mm-hmm. so amidst
1: this lennon does <laughs> sometime in new york city oh, christ a collection of songs it's a it's a double album <laughs> studio album live album which also has its own controversy in which john lennon and yoko Ono will rip off frank zappa which we'll get into
0: we'll get into that
1: because zappa was uh, pissed, I think, to the day he died at Lennon. Oh, yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah.
1: I think you're absolutely right on that. So so let's dig into this. We'll do track by track and talk Sock about <laughs> the empty gestures and sloganeering of John Lennon and Yoko Ono's Sometime in New York City. First track, we can't even really say. <laughs> yeah. It's a uh, this song makes me hate John Lennon even more. <laughs> this album convinced me that Lennon was the least talented Beatle. And, uh, in this, in this half-baked, and there's an idea for a song here that, i I'll it's woman is the redacted of the world.
0: Yes. Yes. Woman is the redacted. There's an
1: idea here for a song, especially in today, today's, uh, America, where v. Oh, yes. Wade has been overturned and women are now, in a sense, delegate to second class citizens. Uh, there's an idea here, but he. One, it's, it's a vapid song. D, it's, it's. It's. A lot of it is just kind of stupid. Two, he's using a word he should not be using, and then he doubled down when questioned on it, <laughs> saying the word has changed. You'd only been in the United States for a few years, Paul. And he's saying the N-word. Yeah. Had changed to mean something. Like, what...
0: What do you think
1: of this song?
0: So... It's one of the stronger songs on the album. Here's the thing that I think also people forget about John Lennon: John Lennon loved, and you hear a lot of it on this album. So I'm gonna get it out of the way real fast. John Lennon was a huge fan of the '50s and early '60s style of rock and roll, um, and you can definitely hear it on this album. And it is somewhat dated. And he, you know, it's not, it's not an, uh, He's not moving <laughs> it forward. What? Well, I mean, and the thing is, he's not moving it forward. It's more of an in. in uh, yeah, it's a throwback. Uh, it sounds like his rock and roll album. It's 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 a, it's an imitation. It's not a movement forward. I'm I'm not going to go as far and say that John Lennon was the least talented of the Beatles. I think in 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 terms of this, right? Um, John Lennon was for, codependent. I mean, he was in love with Yoko Ono, but it was a codependency. And if you want to know more about that, there's things out there. But, um, uh, well, I mean, I guess as we're talking about Lennon and not the Beatles, I mean, it's known that at, there was points where they were so fucked up on heroin and he was so attached to her that she would get him fucked up and have other women get into the bed so she could get a break from him. Um, and... But Paul McCartney made the same mistake with Linda and Wings. Okay. So there's that. Um, this is a phrase that Yoko Ono had made controversy with, I think in like 67, 68. This woman is the redactor of the world. And John ran with it as a song. It's a, and to me, it's not vapid. I mean, it's one of the, uh, I think, better songs on the album. I th- I agree with what he's saying wholeheartedly. I mean, especially in today's day. I mean, some of it is here, but he yes. could have worded it later. And like, you know... Oh,
1: well, they, he's also comparing women's plight to slavery. Yes. Which is just like, dude, fucking
0: the one read thing, a book. Yeah, read a book. Bu- but I can look at, from and I'm just going to say again, I'm playing devil's advocate here a little bit. I can look at it and go, I think I know what he was trying to say, and honestly what Yoko was trying to say, and it's crazy that I can even put my head here, but in terms of, like, when I hear some of what, what the song, I think about slaves, right? Because obviously there's slave imagery in this. But I think about women being the slaves So I mean yes Slaves had it bad But women Slaves had it even Worse and there's no denying That I mean we the rapes The um The, the sexual abuse That typically came with it that You but know I
1: don't think he's going there With that Paul r- right right This is what I'm <laughs> that saying that is like, the problem he's, Yes
0: he's oh, basic
1: you know Like yeah idiot. That is like, again, he has an idea here, but it comes off so stupid. It it feels like a half an idea of a song. And then another problem with this album is how it's produced.
0: The production of the album is really bad. Like you and I, that is a pet peeve. I think both you and I really, really have is the production of this album. It it's Once.
1: chaotically bad, and it's not chaotic in a good way. And this is a problem with a lot of Phil Spector shit post sixties. Yep. Oh, is 60s. that he is not a good producer?
0: Mm-mm.
1: He was a good producer, and then he went off the rails.
0: He got sucked up into his own ego. He started yep. buying the old, fic, the, the 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 Phil Spector wall of sound, yeah. and, and you get yes. that on here. This wall of sound, and
1: it doesn't work.
0: No. I mean, no. there's a
1: reason why All Things Must Pass was just re-released with stripped of all Phil Spector's production.
0: Yep, I mean, let it be, let it be naked, right? Paul McCartney for a long time advocated to get the Phil Spector shit out of there.
1: Yeah, um, which I thought Let It Be Naked was worse. <laughs> I like it Let It Be, and I think Let It Be Naked was just another bad idea. And it wasn't bad idea. Beetle bad ideas.
0: <laughs> yeah i mean and this is the thing i think people you know yes the beatles did a lot of it but it's because they were the first not because they were the best yeah um there's a difference between being the first and being the best you and i've talked about this numerous times throughout all all these podcasts a lot of times the people are doing it the first aren't actually the best ones but and a lot of times they don't get credit for being the first however the beatles did i think what you realize in listening to any one of the beatles solo album is really what's the key ingredient that's missing george martin a lot of it, except with McCartney.
1: could. Um, yeah, Here's the thing. Well, actually, I'll tell. Go ahead. Pearson put out the best solo album with All Things Must Pass. He
0: didn't need those
1: guys. Yep. Uh, this is like where you get in the debate. I don't want to get into a Beatles debate too much, but he, no. it's, a, it's very plain that Lennon needed McCartney. I don't think McCartney le- needed Lennon. Uh, uh, McCartney I- maybe needed Lennon for an edge more of an edgy stuff to us there you go but that's, like yes that's Lennon it Lennon desperately needed somebody to bounce ideas off of him. and he's bouncing them off yoko who which not, is not working not a musician she's a very talented visual artist conceptual artist uh, music's just not her thing no and and, thing is, and it's very apparent on
0: her stuff on here because it's fucking terrible and, and here's the thing People, I think, equate avant garde incorrectly with uh screaming t- incoherently, yeah, yeah, or or you know, experimentation. There's a difference between avant garde and yeah, I- I- experimentation, and then what you get here. Um, it's very apparent in this album that Yoko was not musically savvy, um. And especially in the vocal department, which we're going to get to real fucking quick. Yeah. Um, but again, you I, I, I get what, I, the thing is, I get what Lennon was trying to say here. It's just not done right. And this is a problem that it, it goes through this entire album.
1: Yeah. Yeah. He this needs is a strong, running
0: theme. He
1: needs a, a strong co-writer and he <laughs> never had one again after McCartney. And again, McCartney, his stuff sounds a lot better, it, it, but whatever. It's it doesn't really have as as but much edge. Again, Harrison, exactly. and, Harrison and um, Ringo, Ringo came out just fine. They they put out perfectly fine solo albums that over the time I've enjoyed more than the Lennon McCartney shit.
0: So yep, yep, yep. They just kind of flew under the radar, especially. Just yeah, did their thing, man. They yep. didn't care. They just put I out think, albums. I think Ringo's gonna win as the last Beatles, so there you go. <laughs> yeah man, he's all he's all he's all positive and having a good time, being high all the
1: time. Yeah, yeah he's uh, right. whatever. So yeah, Lennon, so yeah, Woman is the redacted of the world, introduces this uh, this song also tells you just how this thing's just gonna nosedive. And what right I will that. say
0: <laughs> is that this song in particular, I've owned some like best of Lennon stuff, and this song. Has been on several of those. So, yeah, Yeah. this is a song that they have pushed really, really hard. And again, (laughs) I can say that I musically, I I, like musically, this is one of a couple songs on this album that I was like, okay, there's something here. But again, you got that Phil Spector, the production, and then I get what you're trying to say, Lennon, but you're not saying it in the right way. Um, in a
1: good way or a clever way, like that's another thing for a guy who's supposed to be the most
0: clever of the Beatles. This album completely lacks cleverness. Oh yeah, no, this I think no, this I don't think he. I mean, in my mind, I come from the fact of I don't think he wanted cleverness. I think he was. This was a yeah. hammer. I think this was yeah. a mallet. Yeah, he thought um, he was
1: going to be rated. You know, even in his mind, he's like. You know, what would be Rage Against the Machine, but it turns out just to be fucking a turd in a pool.
0: Oh, there you go.
1: <laughs> so next up, we got Sisters Oh Sisters, uh, oh, which I actually did not mind. This is like the God. one song I did not mind because it kind of reminded me of the 5, six, seven, band from Kill Bill. Yep. yep. So I kind of like, you know what? For a piece of shit album like this, I am
0: shocked that the one song I kind of liked was a Yoko song. (laughs) So, there definitely, I thought the same thing. I like literally my mind went to the same place when I heard this song was the Five, Six, Seven, Eights. There definitely is a little bit of a Japanese sensibility to the music in this. Yep. Um, Which I like which I I, I I honestly love Japanese music like I am a big big fan. there's several bands out there and we'll get to them at some point on this uh, podcast
1: based on our history of this podcast, there's no way in hell you listen to anything outside of white
0: people <laughs> <music>. <laughs> you Anyways, um I absolutely very much uh, enjoy um uh, several Japanese rock bands and um. But it's also mixed with that, still that '50s, '60s vibe with it, which I don't know meshed very well. The one thing I will say is that, unfortunately, Yoko singing, she's off key on a yeah. lot of these songs, and so, and because of the wear, at least maybe it's because I'm older and my 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 maybe my you know I, as you know as you get older the frequency changes in your ear. I had a very hard time understanding the lyrics of what she was singing. Um, until I looked up the lyrics. I was like, what the fuck is she saying? And again, I agree with what she's saying, but how you're doing it sucks. So, yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I kind of like to just
1: uh, remind me of the 5, 6, seven, eight, so I I'll absolutely- just say it. that's the one I kind of liked. Uh, up next, Attica State, which, holy shit, again, John Lennon. Yep. the Very top. And here's the thing: none of these songs age well because it's very much of the politics at the time. Of the
0: time. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, yeah. So, so it's don't just know like what it's Attica really is. Dated. It's like listening to like '80s punk when they're talking about singing about Reagan. Like, who fucking cares in 2022? You know, like it's it doesn't doesn't there's I, it's hard for newer generations to relate to the music when they act have no idea who any of these people or events are. Attica State was, it's based off the infamous uh, Attica prison riots. Yep. Uh, People were killed. People were killed. Uh, It was horrible. It was one of those uh, big events of the 70s that really... uh, Separated the nation. Separated the nation,
0: but it also put in certain prison reforms. Yep. There's a lot of people who did take the stance, though. I want to make it very clear. Much like you're seeing today of well if they hadn't fought you know they they wouldn't have been killed and they weren't looking at what the living conditions were and why yeah, the riots
1: you know people had no idea what living conditions and prisons were yep back then attica uh san quentin and california these were just uh, rikers island in new york yeah, rikers these were was... all just like real shitholes mm. uh Oh yeah. 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 It was bad. And so Lennon comes along with this and it's not again, like this song is almost forgettable to me because it's just a blast of fucking sound sound. Yep. Because of the production. Yep. Yeah. The production again, the production
0: doesn't do it very well. It's hard to hear even the lyrics because it's so busy. Yep. hundred percent. Completely agree with you on this one. Again, I agree knowing what, knowing about Attica, I agree, and again, Attica was after your my time, but it was something that we knew about because yeah. um, it was still being brought up a lot when we were growing up. Yeah. Um, I agree again with what's being the sentiment of what the song is. I don't. Yeah, I agree with the idea. Yeah, I agree with the idea, but again, I don't agree with a hundred percent of the way you're you're wording it, and I don't agree. And it doesn't feel sincere, again, because no. he doesn't.
1: It's hard to embrace the, these situations when you're not really – you haven't been here and seen the buildup, I guess, yep. would be my argument. You, the rise that led to this in the country, like it'd be like coming into <clears throat> be like be like letting – flying into the, and deciding to live in the United States the summer of 2020 – Right before the George Floyd thing, and then writing a song about the George George Floyd uh, uh, right protests. Right. Yep, like, and I and you I will weren't say here you you don't understand the what built to
0: this. It, it, well, there's no way you can. You weren't here. Like I'll make the argument that <laughs> it was different. Again, I've seen British people come over and like reporters and things like that. Because of the twenty-four-hour news cycle, because we live in the age of all these cameras, because we live in the age of news and information or anything like that, I think it's easier for someone to come over and understand some, not all, but some of the inner politics as compared to what it was in nineteen seventy yeah. when there was, especially under Nixon, a uh, move to really, you know, uh block out the media, not let everything be known over the world of what kind of shit show is actually going on over here. Um, and it was harder to understand the nuances yeah. of what it was versus what it is. Right. Like Plus, I could look at
1: news agencies back then really didn't know if anybody would even care about some of this stuff. You know, like it's a lot of news judgments based on your audience.
0: Yep. hundred percent.
1: And the BBC, what would they give a shit about Attica State? Like that yep. would be a blurb, you yep. know? Because they just people in the UK want to know what's going on in the UK. Like this yep. thing happened in the United States, they're not going to get because again, there's no 24-hour news cycle. Net, news cycle, so it's not like they're having to fill space. They're kind of compacting the news you need to know, your locally and yeah. nationally.
0: Yep. Yeah, exactly. It was completely different. Completely different than what it was. Yeah. So. All right. I think we said enough about Attica State. Born of,
1: I don't even remember Born a Prison Ball. Uh,
0: that was another Yoko song.
1: Yeah, I know that. but I just and have
0: no memory of it. The one thing... Okay, again, I didn't mind it. Again, her, she's off-key. But also... The one thing that does stick out to my mind is the line of mirror becomes a razor when it's broken, look in the mirror and you see your shattered fate. The problem with it is I'm gonna try and sing it in a way that they do it. Um, mirror becomes a razor when it's broken, look in the mirror and see your shattered fate. It's doesn't fit. Oh yeah. So this song. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. yeah. Now, yeah. Now, now I remember it, Paul. And it yeah. sounds like one of the song like those songs that the Manson girls would sing outside the prison. Right. During the Manson trial. <laughs>
0: Honestly, you know, you know, what came to my mind when I heard this song. It was Patton Oswalt talking about the magician, you know, <laughs> when he's going right, like a in the uh, cackling in the darkness, like a half remembered nightmare through a cracked mirror. Regret. I'm just saying, if I if this is what it is, I've seen it done and done better. Um, you know, that's what it reminded me of. Again, I understand what she's trying to say. Problem is, is that musically it it doesn't like a stronger um, musician. And John Lennon should have, as a stronger musician, altered the the chorus, or altered um, the notes, or altered the tempo in order to make the lyric. Sorry, make the lyric fit. But it doesn't. So she, when she's singing it, it's this. It's the it's it's like it's off. It's offbeat. It's off. That's all there is to it. I mean, there's no other way. Fans or butts. It's completely offbeat, and sounds awkward and honestly terrible. Before that part, it's okay. Like I didn't really mind it. Again, um, I agree with what they're saying, but this is not how you win. Any again, this the packaging of what you're saying sucks.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yep. That's the the big one of the bigger problems too is every thing just sounds like shit
0: like it's, yeah
1: it's a bad sounding record
0: it is a terrible sounding record 100%. Yeah,
1: just, and you get that especially with the next track New York City mm-hmm. this is one of those tracks that's also been included on numerous Lennon greatest hits yep uh yeah the demos demo for this song is a lot better this again this one this would have been a better song had he had a better producer yes This is one of those ones where, like, there's a good song in here, yes, but it's just being
0: assaulted by the wall of sound. Yep. No, there, there is a good song in here. There really is, and uh, you know, again, one of the big things it does suffer from is what we talked about in um, the. Broadway, um, the landlady's down on Broadway. This reminds me of uh, the the song on there where they're referencing Lenny Bruce and Charles Desmond, and you know people that no one knows what they're talking about. Um, So yeah, I mean, no one gives a shit about your elephants memory band, Um, you know. And you ask most people today who was David Peel, they're they're not going to know who David Peel was. No. So,
1: and yeah, it's again, like everything's so timely and of that those few years, these things happen that it really just, there's no connection. It, I'd be hard pre- you know, I can't connect with it. I'd be hard pressed to see for anybody younger than us to even have any interest in any of this.
0: Yeah. I, I mean, we're kind of on that cusp, right? I I honestly, I don't have any connection to the song. I know, uh, you know Long Tawel Sally's a man, okay? Long towel, yeah, but again, or you know fruity and fun, fun, no no one gives a shit. no, and so,
1: yeah, so we, then we go into Sunday, Bloody Sunday, uh, another song based off of the events,
0: in Northern mm. Ireland. Mm. Uh, can I, I I gotta say something. If you would have came to me, Joe, and said, John Lennon sang a song and you two sang about the exact same thing, I would have said, well, the John Lennon version's better, right?
1: Yeah. No, no, it's no,
0: not. This no. is one of those
1: times you two did it better.
0: Yeah. Yeah. YouTube did it better.
1: I'm not a big, I'm not a YouTube fan. They have one album I like, and that's pop. So, I'm the outlier because most YouTube fans hate pop.
0: I enjoy pop. I, again, am burnt out. I'm burnt out. I worked, again, I think I've talked about this in previous podcasts, so I won't belabor the point, but I was in a band with a guy that wanted to basically be somewhat of a YouTube cover band. And when we wrote songs, I mean, we're all guilty of it. Um, we write songs of what our influences were. So, a lot of his songs were very YouTube sounding. And it was fine. They were really, you know, it was good. But at the same time, I was like really burnt out because it was like you 24 four seven.
1: Yeah, yeah. So yeah, and this is uh, this is another song that is just it's it, there's really not much going on with it, and the production
0: again just well, well and, and and I want to say so you're over here again you're getting political okay great you come over here you're singing songs about the U S but here's an outlier and I could see. Mm-hmm. I'm playing devil's advocate here. I can see where people go, well, now you're singing about fucking English. Why are you worried about what's going on? Why the fuck are you worried about what's going on here? You know, again, I agree with what's being said here. I mean, John Lennon is, I mean, he made it more apparent as to what happened in his version than the U2 one. Yeah. U2 was a lot more innuendo and, you know, U2 is a lot more um, savvy when it comes to making their songs, uh, you know, mass appeal. Um, you know, this is far more angrier and fits more the tone of what bloody of, of what Sunday Bloody Sunday was.
1: And it's more in his wheelhouse. I think mm-hmm. that's why it, you know this and uh, the next song, "Luck like, of the Irish," they're almost like a one-two punch. But yep. he was really in, involved with Ireland Irish politics. Like he donated to the IRA yeah. early on. Like most people, have to remember the IRA early on is a little different from the
0: ira we know yes yes very different very that very
1: different. they were uh, yeah i mean it's i mean
0: yeah it was a I'm
1: not saying they weren't violent when lennon was donating to them but i i don't know enough about the ira but i would they got a lot more violent
0: I they got would, a lot in more the 80s
1: violent. into the 80s yeah they were but this was another thing that Jay Edgar was tracking of Lennon as his contributions to the IRA. Yep. Yep. Yeah, uh, but I what the next but Luck of the Irish I think works is like a better. I like Luck of the Irish cuz it's it feels like a folk song. Yes. But again it's overproduced. If you listen to the the demo, it works a lot better. It's a lot better song. If you listen to Lennon's demo of it, which uh i would say a lot of his songs are a lot better in the demo version than when he got in the studio phil speck oh,
0: i will say uh love is real i heard the demo of that i love the demo version of that um but one of the things now we we had to talk about here that ruins this song at least for me is yoko on the chorus. Yeah. uh them going no this should have all been john i mean and it's a great song too like when it happened i, I honestly when it started playing i was like Oh, oh, a reprieve, and then we get if you could keep the voices like that, and I'm like, no, yeah. no. Look, Come people, all. before you
1: accuse us of hating Yoko Ono singing, you're 100 percent right. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, I hate her singing. She's again. I love her art. Yes, sir. this I, is not a good. We'll get into the live album where I'm I fucking <sighs> wanted to
0: again. Yoko has is, is a good artist and art. You know what? You have good sculptors, you have good painters, you have good musicians, you have good writers. They don't just because someone is a good artist doesn't mean they're going to be a good musician or a good sculptor or a, a, a good architect or whatever. Right? Like you have that wheelhouse and unfortunately again, and I will accuse McCartney of the same thing with Linda they both were so in love and wanted to be around these, you know, the loves of their lives. They brought them into their music together when neither one of them, unfortunately, should yeah. have been involved. Not yeah. to see, and again, you I didn't I, see I, George I, and Ringel bringing their <laughs> oh, others into the studio. Right, right. And again, there are married couple musicians out there that are fabulous. I mean, White Stripes, prime example. Granted, they, they were divorced, but my God. Awesome, awesome duo. So it can be done. But I'm, I'm
1: glad you had that one example. <laughs>
0: well, you're welcome. I'm,
1: I, I, I thought up. you were going to bring
0: up the Captain and <laughs> Hey, hey, man, don't. We'll no, no, we'll keep us together. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, but, I mean, I, I'll, okay, I'll also bring And you may not like this, but. Arcade Fire. I fucking love Arcade Fire. I don't care what anyone says. Awesome. Awesome married duo. Awesome married couple in that band. Um so it can work, but both of them were in music before they got together. They weren't just thrown in in their 20s or their 30s with without a fucking life raft. <laughs> yep.
1: So yeah. The luck of the iR. again. It's I love this bad, song. Bad decisions like this. Yeah. This album should have just been called Bad Decision by someone.
0: <laughs> and again, I I really like again when this played. I was so happy. I was like, oh, like my 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 I actually started to feel uplifted. I'm like, okay, we're getting somewhere. And then Yoko and I was like, you son of a bitch. So yeah, this one was actually I think hurt the most because I thought it was gonna be that drink of water, but I found out someone shit on it. A minute, you know, a <laughs> yeah. couple seconds in the there's drink.
1: There's a turd night. floating in your drink. Yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, There's a turd. You know, there's a turd drinking it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right.
1: Next, we got John Sinclair again. If you don't know anything about the counterculture of the '60s, the political angle, which why would most people mm-hmm. this song would just have no idea. Now, John Sinclair was a white panther. White Panthers were the offshoot of the Black Panthers. Yep. God, yeah. So he basically got arrested for... Ten for two. two, Giving two joints to two undercover cops.
0: Yep. They gave him five years of joint.
1: Yep. Uh, Most people didn't care then. And I can tell you what, Paul, I don't give a shit now.
0: Well, okay. I am going to say I was, this to me... I was a member and at one uh, of normal and at one point was in leadership in, in normal. And we don't know what normal, um, is it's the national organization, the reform marijuana laws. Um, uh, matter of fact, for my 20th birthday it was basically a normal party. Um, and, um, so for me, like, I learned about this song through the documentary grass in 1999 um and about this story and i will say uh, for all this protest i mean john sinclair when asked about the song the only thing he would say is i mean he said it got me out of jail so you know thank you like this song did make an impact like john sinclair looks at this song as the reason why his sentence got cut down so you can say something came out of this album in some way shape or form i love i'm gonna say the cool you know banjo the slide guitar things like that this would be the best on the album except and you know where i'm going with it joe (laughs) you know where i'm going with it just surprise me paul i don't i have no idea if there's a part where it sounds like the fucking record skips and you go, oh, my God. Like, someone should have said to him, cut this fucking short. You got to, 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 set him free. And I'm not exaggerating. It is literally that amount of got to's. You know how I know? Because I just went off the lyrics for it. It's that many got to's. Fucking Christ. Yep. Yep. Yeah, bad decision. The album, Paul. Bad decision. The album. Other than that, it's a great song. It honestly is.
1: It's a a fun protest. I'm not going to say it's a great
0: song. It's a fun protest song to me. And again, for me, I look at what it means. I look at what it's saying. I look at what it did. So I have a little bit of a different affinity, I think, for it than than, than you do. So, yeah, I don't
1: give a fuck about Johnson. Sure, absolutely.
0: I don't. I don't. I, sadly, I don't give a fuck about John Sinclair the person. I give a fuck about that this happens, and not just to John Sinclair. And it still happens even as we're moving towards more legalization, or we were moving towards more legalization. We'll see. The what court happens. will change that. The court will change that. All
1: right. Oh, yeah. so now we have Angela, which is obviously about Angela Davis. Hmm. <laughs> sounds a lot like endless love to me. <laughs> yep. <laughs> now I'm going to say Diana Ross and Lionel Richie did it better. <laughs> <laughs> like this is a loving duet about <laughs> God damn it, Lennon like what the Yeah. Yeah. Like, it does not it doesn't feel like it's given Angela Davis a lot of respect in my opinion.
0: Again, that's my opinion. Oh. It just
1: doesn't feel like it.
0: it this is one where they, I, I he was running out of steam on what to do with this. Um, well,
1: yeah, obviously he pads it out with a bunch of live shit. So
0: yeah, I mean, well, I'm just, I mean, in terms of like the lyrics with this particular song, yeah. You no, know, I mean, I get it. You know, again, I'm glad someone was was doing it. I would look at it if I was Angela Davis to go, that was your effort. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, um, I, I just, yeah, I, this is
1: another one where vapid comes to mind to me. Like, I don't, it doesn't feel sincere. I feel like he just, like, he had this idea of Angela Davis and <coughs> probably yeah. read an article on her, basically yes. a 70s version of a Wikipedia search.
0: Yes, yes. He's like, yeah, I'll write a song about her. I like, Fuck That's you. <laughs> kind of what it <laughs> was. You don't know because who this person <laughs> No, I mean, because the one thing I will say about like the live version, the demo version with John Sinclair, he knew who the judge was. Yeah. (laughs) You know, he sings about Judge Columbo. He doesn't really do a whole lot with this one to really point out, other than what you would read in the paper about her. And there's not a whole lot of insight into it, right? It's great. He wrote a song. There isn't an insight to it. It's just basically listing Yeah. Let's let's compare this to Hurricane by Bob Dylan, right? Bob Dylan's Hurricane speaks about everything that went on, right? Like yeah. and in you, a very you, specific
1: you, part too, you know. Dylan yes. was hyper focused on a specific part of that story. Yes, yes. but
0: you he gave you like have...
1: a background at the beginning, but it's mostly about the
0: setup and the cops, and... right? But you could tell that that it was a story, it was a, 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 a thing. It inspired too, Paul. What's that? It <laughs> sounded inspired on that song. Lennon sounds like he's phoning it in. That's what I'm saying. You could tell that with Hurricane, uh, 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 Bob Dylan was invested. He yes. knew the story. He knew what was going on. He cared. You don't hear that one about this one with John Lennon and Angela Davis. You just don't, which is fucking disappointing. Yeah, it's a bad song. It's a bad song. It's a bad yeah. song. Now
1: we're gonna close out the studio side, Paul, with "We're All Water."
0: Jesus <laughs> Christ! Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna go through this real quick, Joe, because please, <laughs> there's not please. much. Um, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna do the comparisons here because the whole whole thing is there's not much difference between Chairman Mao and Richard Nixon, which. I'll I'll give them, but Marilyn Manson, Lenny Bruce, what, uh, <laughs> White House and Hall of People, hmm? Raquel Welch and Jerry Rubin, ooh. <laughs> again, like Aldrich Cleaver and a Queen of England, Manson and the Pope, hmm? Rockefeller and you, okay, Mister Millionaire who spent all his money on heroin, yeah. um, you know, so again. I get what you're trying to say, but you fucked it up. And God, the vocals on it are just atrocious. Yeah, it's
1: it's bad. It's yeah. it's
0: it's another. Uh, and this was a Yoko written song, by the way. Yeah, so. it, uh,
1: yeah it's Cox and it's seven minutes. Oh,
0: for fuck's It just doesn't sake.
1: doesn't fucking end.
0: <laughs> it doesn't. No matter
1: how much you want it to.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that was so. Just so you know. Women is the redacted sisters of sisters Attica born in a prison, in New York. we side A of record one. We don't need to go. We do. well, no, no I, I guess. Oh, no, no, I do because god damn it, we're getting to the live shit. Well, uh, I want to know what
1: pointing out side A and B of the record is proving well,
0: I, 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 because we're getting to the live, and I want to point out that on on side B, on on on. Record B, side A, there's only two fucking songs. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, that's because it clocks in at almost uh, almost a half hour.
0: And they're oh, okay. All right. All right, let's get to the live thing, because this 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 was rough.
1: Okay, yeah. So the first part of the live album is from 69 with uh, Harrison and uh, Eric Clapton and a bunch of other
0: chuckleheads. Yep. Uh, uh, the 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 elephant memory band, which by the way, Blondelaine was a dick for um, for um, giving everyone different names and not really accrediting them properly.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we got cold turkey, which is uh, it's extended and it doesn't sound good, and it's yeah, it's whatever. And-
0: well, I want to bring up real quick. I want to bring up you had Clapton. You had Delaney and Bonnie. You had Jim Gordon, George Harrison, Nicky Hopkins, Bobby Keys, Keith Moon, Billy Preston, Klaus Foreman, and Alan White. You had a powerhouse. There's no, way,
1: there's no reason why these two songs suck, but exactly. we'll get into why the second song sucks, but there's no reason why Cold Turkey should have sucked, but it There's does.
0: no reason why Cold... Well, because he wasn't actually going through withdrawal, unless he was. <laughs> <laughs> Probably was, I don't know yeah god damn that's what i was thinking when i heard this my cold turkey live really you're gonna go through withdrawals live on stage? okay all right john all right power to you
1: yeah uh, the next song is don't worry kyoko i believe was yoko's daughter
0: i think it was daughter
1: yeah daughter yeah and
0: uh this is 16 minutes of yoko screaming screaming like there's again difference between avant-garde and garbage this is hot garbage. This is hot. This is 16 minutes of her just screaming, don't worry, over and over and over and over. How Clapton, Preston, Harrison, fucking Alan White, Keith Moon stood for this shit, I don't understand.
1: I think they're all on heroin,
0: <laughs> Holy fuck fuck yeah it's uh it's bad it's
1: bad it's 16 minutes of two the Beatles noodling on the musicians part and yoko screaming and oh god that was 16 minutes of just unbearable like i'm surprised i made it through it
0: honestly i made, I made it through it, it one I, it through I, gave I, it I, I, I gave it one listen
1: i gave it one listen cuz that's all it deserved
0: I gave all the live stuff, uh, well, except for two songs, multiple listens. This was one I did not. I listened to it once. That was enough. I want to point out again that we had Clapton, Lennon, and Harrison on the same stage together. And these are the two songs that we got. Yeah. That, that is a fucking travesty. That is a fucking travesty.
1: Yeah. Well, fuck Eric Clapton, so...
0: Well, Aircraft is a
1: douche. All right, so now we'll get to side four. This is another live. This is from 71. Yep. The previous one was from 69, so Lennon's still in the Beatles. Uh, Harrison and all that. Uh, Side four, 71. And this is with Elephant's Memory and Frank Zappa and the Mothers of Invention.
0: Yes, it is. This
1: sounds, the sound is a lot better. Yes, but I will give it that. That is all I'm gonna get. <laughs> There's like some okay parts, but I. So let's get it. The one part I well, baby, please don't go. A cover. It was a welcome reprieve from "Don't
0: worry, Keel." <laughs> oh,
1: yeah. No, that was a great. It way to sounded start it. all right, and like the yep. production sounds a lot better. Yep. Probably because. Uh... You have actual somebody who knows what he's doing with fucking Frank Zappa, right? Right. Ah, uh, yeah, that was all right. Jam is right? Rag, which is uh, so let's talk about jam Rake, Paul. You know more about Zappa than I do, but this was uh, they yeah. decided to put each put out their own version. But since Lennon put this out first, him and Yoko get songwriting credits for King Kong.
0: So it goes even beyond that a little bit. So what happened was there was a there was an agreement between the two, and this and other bands have done this by the way, um, where they've done different versions and they're allowed each other to do things.
1: Yeah, but they, um, at least they gave them credit where credit was
0: due. Right, right, right. But I mean, you know, you, you like I've seen it where bands have done the same song, but it's they're two different interpretations, right? And never been a problem. I mean, some obviously, and but here's the thing with this one was that there was an agreement between john and zappa that john was going to put this on his thing and that lennon was going to do his version um whether it was uh a there's this is where it gets um a little murky uh you ask depending on who you ask and who's involved but the i the the thought by Zappa was that um, John and Yoko uh, went out of their way to then prevent it. Like, no, that's our song. And I don't know if there was a conversation between them or what happened there. Um, but when when Zappa went to re-record it, because it is Zappa's song, by the way. It's a song called King Kong. And it was Zappa's song. Um, when he went to go record it, he was basically junction with, no, you can't do that.
1: Yeah. His version wasn't released until what? 1992.
0: Yeah. 92. So 92. yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So like there was some massive animosity. I, they never, um, here's the, here, and here's the interesting thing about it. Zappa was an, was a very proud and known conservative, which, When you listen to Zappa, when you know about Zappa, that would probably – doesn't compute because in Zappa's mind, Zappa was more of what is now a libertarian um, than what it was. And he actually, Zappa had a lot of arguments with conservatives at the time um, because they really wanted to stifle free speech and do all these things. And he really – I think if Zappa was around now, he'd be absolutely appalled by what the Republican Party has become um both parties i mean politically zappa was very interesting so the fact that even john and um zappa were on the same stage together and that zappa put up with john and yoko cuz uh, zappa uh, in an interview was asked about this and he said yeah you know this guy brought in introduced me to uh, john lennon was like hey it's the john lennon like i'm supposed to be impressed and i was like hey what's up what are you doing here like why why are we hanging out and that's how this whole thing started but yeah he's like i don't know if they thought i was supposed to be like in awe of john lennon he's like i really wasn't um you know uh knowing john and things like that so yeah yep so there you go that's the story there
1: yeah yeah so that song got stolen <laughs> and then we have scumbag which is uh <laughs> Like, scumbag yeah <laughs> scumbag. just screaming scumbag zappa tries to save it man like you can just oh he is he's not hiding his annoyance
0: no not story. all he
1: starts talking to the audience
0: yep he starts trying to get the audience because i think he knows that they're losing the audience and <laughs> and well, he's the,
1: got this idiot with his idiot wife making idiot noises of
0: course he's gonna
1: try to <laughs> save it like it's his
0: it was his gig (laughs) yeah yeah and i want to go back just a second to jam man because there was lyrics and things like that but for whatever reason john and yoko just had yoko screeching over it and you can actually hear during that song if you listen the live version of zappa trying to kind of go okay we're gonna take turns conducting i'm gonna conduct now and they kind of end the song early like it Like, when Zappa describes the song and when you hear the King Kong version, it was a full-on completed song. There was a verse, There was a chorus. It wasn't what you got there. And it was just John and Yoko. For all I can really think of is that they were fucked out of their mind on drugs. And that also was a massive annoyance to Zappa. Zappa was really anti-drug. So, again, I'm really surprised that he was even on stage with them. Like, how this happened, I don't know. I thought it'd be amazing and I'm just sad. And yeah, you hear Zappa <laughs> trying to yeah. do it. And he's such a great guitarist. Um,
1: yeah. Well, then he's got a tight band. Like, you know,
0: Zappa is, he was very particular. She was, people forget that he was also a conductor. Like he knew music inside and out Yeah, and really looked down on a lot of like rockers and things like that, that only knew one particular style of music. and, Really, actually, looked down on a lot of people about like why are we not having world music introduced in the U.S. Like that was a big thing for him.
1: Yeah, yeah. So then you get the scumbag. You got you hear him pretty annoyed, and uh, it's a bad, it's a bad, bad, bad situation. Very bad situation. <laughs> like you know, I'm not the biggest Zappa fan, but I'm you know I feel bad for him. <laughs> you're like this is his gig. Yep. And the Lennons just show up
0: and just fucking Yep. Like being in
1: the audience seeing this, Paul. you and I would probably have been
0: pissed off. (laughs) I would have been furious. I would have been because the first thing
1: you're gonna be excited, like, oh shit, John Lennon.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I would have lost John Lennon's just screaming scumbag over and over again. (laughs) Yeah, I would have been like I, I would have been like John Lennon and Zappa. Holy fuck. You know down, Lennon and the Mothers of Invention. Awesome. Oh shit, we got Yoko here. This could go badly. <laughs> and it does. And it does. Because yeah. we get oh. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, A-o-ga.
1: A-o-ga. A-o-ga. Eight minute closing track, and uh, you yeah, could just, just tell this fizzles the, the, to me. It, it does. Fizzles, it fizzles out.
0: It, it, like the last how many minutes of it is just kind of static and things like that. And I just in my <laughs> head pictured Zappa like just shutting it down.
1: Yeah, that's yeah. probably what happened. I think we're so. imagine what happened and then you know, uh, I don't think Lennon was self-aware enough because of his ego to right. realize because I hear it on this and I'm not a Zappa fan, but I know enough about Zappa that this feels like he's just like, fuck it, we're done.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, because this was the encore set, first of all, but I just think it was just I think I think Zappa was like, no way. No, no. I mean, because really all it is for the last like, what, three, two, three minutes of it is just yeah. guitar feedback. That's it. That's it. And it's just fucking Yoko wailing. I mean, literally, that's all she's doing is wailing. There's no real lyrics. There's no real anything. It's just her making noise. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's bad. It's bad. Everything about this album is pretty bad, Paul.
0: Yeah, it's bad. We, it's we got, to, bad. we made it to the end here, and uh, fuck, I'm so glad I don't. If, this if again. it sounds
1: like we didn't like it, that's because we didn't.
0: No, now and,
1: um, Paul's more forgiving about it than I am. Yes, uh, but that's fine. I just, I'm part of me is just so disgusted by everything about this album <laughs> because it just, again, it feels like such an empty gesture politically. He fucks over Frank Zappa. Yep. Like, it I, just, it's just, I, there's not a whole lot of redeeming qualities, I guess, getting John Sinclair out of prison. But, I mean, again, I don't give a fuck about John Sinclair. So, like, what do well, I, you know what I mean? Like, I don't, I don't care.
0: It was more so bringing attention to the ridiculousness of the marijuana penalties at the time. Drug
1: laws. And drug laws. Didn't really change the drug laws. It just got him out. The drug laws still.
0: Yes, unfortunately, it, drug laws. It, well, yeah, no. I mean, you can say that it made a difference for white drug offenders, but not yeah. black drug offenders. Let's let's say that right there, because that's yeah. pretty much what happened. Um, white drug offenders suddenly like, oh, okay, but you know, but then when it came to black drug offenders, interestingly enough, you don't have many songs about them by John Lennon, do you? Um,
1: no, we get the. We get the Wikipedia entry on Angela Davis.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's exactly what we get. Um, I, I am a little bit more forgiving about it because, again, I do feel that the, I mean, yes, it's vapid. Yes, it's poorly produced. But I do get the sense that I can see what John was trying to do, but he never got near sticking the landing like he did with that hard R on Women as the Redacted of the World. Yeah. Um, and I think now, like that song in particular, God, it's it would have been the most amazing, I think, probably a really good protest song had it been better written. Cause yeah. uh, you know, I think you I think honestly right now with like the Supreme Court cases and things like that, it would be getting a lot more attention, a lot more airplay.
1: Yeah, but it's such a boneheaded way of putting it out there that it's now it's just oh yeah, oh yeah, it's a footnote in his history. But mm-hmm. I mean,
0: yeah,
1: I mean, it's yeah, it's yeah. And that was the one song where you know that's the, you know I see where he's going, and if you would have put a little more time and effort into it, I think. Yes. But but I think also he's trying to be a provocateur. Well, and and I think... That was kind of, uh, uh, you know, again, it's just like, you see this shit with Lennon and, like, the yippies and stuff. You know who was paying attention with these the the theater of politics, Paul, during this time in the Nixon administration was Roger Stone.
0: Yeah, yeah, Roger Stone.
1: If you think about it, he took this and the yippies and all that, and he flipped it into a conservative bent.
0: Yes, he did. Yes, he did. 100%. Roger Stone, you nailed it, sir. Now, um, I I, I will uh, say um, that with it, I don't know if John was necessarily being a provocateur. I mean, he was being a provocateur, but... He
1: dropped the N-word pretty limited.
0: However, it was originally Yoko. And I think he was so enamored with her that he wasn't going to change the statement. Even I'm sure tons of people said to him, Don't do this. I doubt anybody. I think oh, he was surrounded by yes people. Paul. I I I you know, I'm sure there was, but I do think there's people who's like John. It's not what it means, over here. like it's not.
1: I, don't, I honestly okay. don't think. Okay. I don't think anybody told John Lennon in 1971.
0: No. I I don't know. I mean, I do. Maybe. I guess not. I just think someone had to say to him. Probably who, not the who best. Is, who ever. is
1: this mystical person, Paul, who's telling John Lennon no?
0: I'd I, like to know this. <laughs> I, I just, I, I got it. I mean, maybe it's because I'm thinking of, you know, Until modern. Spencer, the guy who shot and killed his <laughs> wife. <laughs> maybe I'm thinking modern. No? <laughs> maybe I'm taking modern sensibility into it a little too much. Um, I would just think that, I mean, because if you try to do it today, like, people would be like, no, John. Um,
1: yeah, but this is this is 71, man. Like, a lot of those counterculture people are thrown around the N word. Yeah, white good point. counterculture white people, people are thrown counter- around counter- the N word. If yeah, you read it, Jerry Rubin's uh, Do It, he uses the n-word a lot
0: good point it was the time yeah a lot of i mean because there was a little bit more inclusion there with the with the black panthers in terms yeah, of yeah, they
1: felt like they could yep. because of their connection with the panthers i think a lot of left left-wing uh uh activists felt comfortable using that word which they really should
0: they really shouldn't what have, have.
1: Yeah, I surprised the Black Panther. If anybody's gonna say no, I'm surprised it wasn't the Black Panther looking at John I'm like, don't use that word.
0: Yeah, don't don't do this, dude. Yeah, I don't I, think he's letting Black Panthers in the studio with him. Oh, probably not. I I think he would have been inoculated from that. I I don't know. I just think that again, he probably could have done it better, but it never was gonna happen because it was a Yoko. I guess the point I'm trying to make it was a Yoko statement. So That's it not was a
1: Yoko song.
0: It doesn't matter if it's a Yoko song. I think he was so enamored with Yoko and he was going to keep it because it's what Yoko said. Do you know what I'm trying to say there?
1: It doesn't like, excuse it, though.
0: No, no, I'm not trying to make an excuse for it. I'm just saying I don't think the song ever had a chance
1: oh, God, because
0: God. it was what Yoko said and nothing was going to change John Lennon's mind but on dare. The
1: Word of God. <laughs>
0: right. That's what I'm sure. Toxic
1: codependency is a hell of a thing.
0: Bingo. That's... Thank you. You said what I was trying to get out. So, apparently I'm the John Lennon of this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) You're just mumbling your way through it. Until until you go, oh, I get what you're trying to say, Captain Mumbles. (laughs) Captain
1: Mumbles! (laughs) 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 Yeah. Yeah. So, that was a... That was our foray into solo Beatles music, <laughs> like, Paul.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Uh, would you recommend?
0: <sighs> no, 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 no. Honestly, I he's a he's a Madonna. I wouldn't recommend any real like Lennon album. He's a the episode, get the yeah the solo album. get the greatest hits or as you told me about the anthology. Yeah. Yeah,
1: so I'll bring that up. The Lennon anthology—it's out of print now, but you can still get it pretty cheap if you go. Like,
0: you know, I know you don't like to shop on Amazon, but mm. other people do. I shop on Amazon. I'm not. I'm, I'm well, not you said fellow.
1: gross when I said it was available. Oh,
0: I said it was gross because it was thirty dollars on Amazon. <laughs> yeah, but it's like a it's like a four or five disc set, and it says uh, it's demos.
1: It says demos from okay, uh, the first solo album all the way up until. Uh,
0: I didn't realize. Post you
1: miss uh, milk and honey. Yeah, and so, so I, I, it has like really good versions of like his solo stuff, and I think like again, like you hear that he was really, he was a really good songwriter, and he was one of those examples. Like when I when I bought that set when we were in high school, and then I compared it to like his studio stuff, especially with Imagine and Plastic Ono Band and uh, Walls and Bridges and shit like that. Like his demo sounded a lot better than the end production. And I think that's, again, he did not have a strong producer, even though he had Phil Spector, Phil Spector was off the rails at this point. 100%. Uh, yeah, he needed like a, somebody like George Martin, at least kind of like warm things up and like, maybe we shouldn't put strings here, or maybe we shouldn't do that
0: there. Maybe we shouldn't like, drop uh, the end rod over here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Like, I think he, like when he was left to his own devices, he was just kind of throwing everything, to the wall and see what to see what's stuck or Yes. Courtney was more he knew what would kind of work. Uh he yep. would he would flesh things out. If you've seen the get back documentary, you see him, he's able to flesh out ideas and then he'll he he instinctively knows what will work and what won't. He's just he's one of those guys who's just musically that's just how he is. He can just he'll figure stuff out. <laughs> Harrison's the same way Harrison yeah. Uh, Lennon, I think, uh, wasn't cu- as comfortable with that, and maybe wanted to be a little more different or something. But like, it just really didn't work with the solo career. Uh, again, he has songs that are good. I would recommend the demos in almost all cases. Maybe except for like, Imagine, because that worked. Yes, but uh, yeah, his solo, his like, his home demos were always and outtakes and shit where people are just like
0: more loose is a lot more interesting. So So, I'm going to ask, I'm going to assume I already know the answer to this, but it's not digital. I can't get that anthology a digital version. I've
1: never seen it streaming.
0: Okay. Okay. So
1: I I think Spotify, I I don't know. I think they pulled it. Uh, I don't know. You might be able to find it here and there. You might be able to find it on YouTube music, like a, a a rip uploaded on, on there. it
0: okay so, so I, like you did with the <laughs> god damn it um i'm gonna bring up uh, this thing and then i want to talk about something else at the very end of the podcast but i want to point out that a lot of people have said over the years that man you know drugs really helped music like oh man these musicians you know people always kind of you know played this idea that drugs are what made these musicians look John was out of his tits. Okay, <laughs> John was out of his fucking tits. People don't realize that when he left the Beatles, he had no money yeah. because he had spent it all on heroin, especially. And he had, bad
1: investments. was like it, yeah, he didn't blow millions on heroin. He wasn't shooting it. He was snorting it. Uh, he blew it all on like, uh, bad investments and. Um, there's a whole history of that. But, yeah, when he left the Beatles, he was broke. Yoko actually
0: is a brilliant businesswoman mm-hmm, and got yes. his money
1: back for him.
0: Yep. But even when he was broke and everything, he was still into that. So, it. I mean, I just want to point out that the drugs really did fuck with John. Now, when you have – you look at all these artists that, you know, did all these drugs, right? It wasn't just people in a fucking garage – like what you had here, essentially fucking drugged out of their mind, making a bunch of shit and putting it out there. Typically you had people around them that could rein them in and could do things. Yes. Was there maybe some creative process to the, doing the drugs? Sure. I'll give you that. I'm again, I'm a big proponent of drugs. Um, the, I don't do them anymore, but I did and I'm happy I did. But the point is, is that, you ever want to bring up the fact of, oh man, drugs are the reason why we get these great albums? Fucking listen to this thing and then yeah. come talk to me. <laughs> yeah.
1: Sometimes drugs don't help. Yes. Yeah, like they certainly helped Alice in Chains with Dirt, <laughs> and I'm sure, and you know, LSD certainly put a shine on Sergeant Pepper's and Magical Mystery Tour. Mm-hmm. But then you have the dark side where heroin and coke
0: gave us. <laughs> Warrant. Sometime in New York City. It's sometime in New York City, and it gave us warrant and wet and rare. Yeah. <laughs> it
1: gave us <laughs> hair metal.
0: It gave us hair metal, especially coke. Coke gives a lot of hair metal, people. It's yeah. not it always. It gives a good thing. lot of
1: bad disco. Now I like disco, but there's a lot of bad disco out there.
0: Thank you, thanks to cocaine. A Um. So all yep. right. <laughs> so I think we're both a no on the recommendation, Joe. You're a big no on this. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I would stay away from this. It's not even interesting as a curio into his solo career. Uh, It's just bad. So it's not even fun. Bad, like a mandolier. It's just bad. (laughs) Oh, so
0: bad. Yeah, no. Uh, And I will say, though, you think this is worse than Pat Boone. I do not. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, this was way worse than Pat Boone. Pat, I, oh yeah, I, I had such a good time with Pat Boone, but I think that's partially because <laughs> I was torturing the fuck out of you with that one. I, so with that
0: you, one has a little more of a shine to me. <laughs> this one. You tortured yourself, torturing me. And I think you came out of this, hating it more than I did. Oh God, this bad. This was bad. I mean, it's bad. Don't get me wrong. I hate it, but not as bad as Pat Boone. Like Pat Boone oh. gave me a complex. Um, Joe, what's going on at the Joe Down? <laughs> uh,
1: we just released our mash review, and then we'll be doing Sports Month. So Yay! Check it out.
0: Uh, so we're caught up. Uh, finally, uh, the first nine episodes, as you know, released. Uh, the um, tenth episode is actually out on SoundCloud, and uh, I believe it's up on the Joe Down right now as we're recording. So there you go. Um, yes, it is up on the Joe Down. Joe, do you want to ask me what we're doing next week? No, not really. But what are we doing next week, Paul? Well, I alluded to this to you already. Um, we know I have a love of Frank Zappa. Yeah, and we Frank, just did Frank Zappa. Frank Zappa was on this album. Yeah. We're going to do a proper Frank Zappa album. I thought we're,
1: was the height of his
0: career Paul he was on a John Lennon solo <laughs> <laughs> you don't get any famously than that uh, we are going to do what I think and has been considered uh, over time to be probably his most competent uh, successful and um, accessible album weasel's album. Rip
1: my flesh
0: Weasel, though we are doing Joe's Garage act 1 2 and 3
1: All right. I like the song, Girl's Garage.
0: This is a concept album that was actually released um, in two parts. And now you can get it in a three disc set. You can get it all streaming.
1: Discs? What are you talking about? Yeah,
0: I'm sorry. Yeah. Well, I'm just saying, at the time it was. Okay, Boomer. Yeah, okay, Boomer. Even when it was records back then, even. (laughs) (laughs) Back in my day, we had compact discs. And 8-track players and, and, come get, and come back cassettes uh,
1: Rewind Video cassettes that you rented At the
0: video store Are they are, are they gave you A late fee <laughs> 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 Did you remember that? When the fucking uh, video update If you didn't rewind, they'd give you a fucking Late fee oh, uh, Fucking pricks uh, So yeah, we are gonna do It's a long album Um But i think if anything you're gonna if there's any zappa you're going to get and understand it's going to be this one Uh, in terms of uh, the audience not you joe um because i think a lot of the audience isn't familiar with zappa and i think that this is a really good insert uh into it and as we get into it there's also considered by many to be his best solo on this album as well so as good as frank zappa is really known for his guitar work Mm -hmm. So that's what we're gonna do. Are you excited?
1: Yeah, I'm. I'm gonna, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Your pick, man, not mine. Don't drag me into this. I'm excited for
0: you. I'm excited for you. I want to I've,
1: I've owned own Joe's garage. So. Okay, you do. Okay, perfect.
0: Okay, right. so Joe, do you want to uh, take us out? this has been rate that album with paul muadib and joe freming thank you for listening